Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Monk puts it up, and Curry's got the board. Green gets tied up. Sabonis was holding on to Draymond's foot, which is wrong. Oh, my gosh. He's going to be ejected for this. So that's the big question today, right? Was it a step or a stomp? Dirty self-defense. The fallout and perspective from both sides as the Warriors fall down 0-2 to the Sacramento Kings. Plus, I mean, Joel Embiid and the 76ers, another sound defeat of Brooklyn. So our crew, they head to the court to do some work. Is there any way to defend the process? And your new defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr., he is stopping by the show. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Jalen Rose is in what the house. Up, no. Zach Lowe, yeah. Adrian Wojnarowski, Malika Andrews, Richard Jefferson, Shanae Gumake, Kendrick Perkins. They will be stopping by shortly. But let's start with some video that we just saw coming in from moments ago. John Morant, he was seen at Grizzlies practice, and he was in good spirits. He didn't appear to do anything with his right hand before getting it heavily wrapped. You can see him there, a little bit of what looks like ice on it. But we see Ja at shoot around here at practice here. So, Woj, what more can you tell us about what to expect from John Morant for game two here? Uh, Malika, listen, they were always going to take this right up until game time uh, of game two tomorrow night. I do not sense a great deal of optimism around this Grizzlies team that John Morant will be ready to play uh, in game two. But they've not ruled him out. Uh, they're going to take it up till tomorrow. But I certainly think this is a team, an organization preparing uh, for the very real possibility, they're going to have to try to even this series uh, without John Morant in game two, uh, get it 1-1. And then they don't play again until uh, game three on Saturday against the Lakers. But, you know, they've got another 24 hours. And I think just from a competitive advantage standpoint, you don't want your opponent to know. Sure. And they're going to take it right up until game time tomorrow. The silver lining here for, for Memphis is that Taylor Jenkins said that the imaging revealed no breaks, no ligament damage, so we will see as we get closer to that game. I do want to get some other news from you here, Woj, potentially some good news for New York Knicks fans. Yeah, Josh Hart, I'm told, he's expected to play uh, in game two tonight. Uh, sprained ankle, he was listed doubtful yesterday, upgraded to questionable today, but I'm told uh, that Josh Hart is expected uh, to play for the Knicks. He was pivotal in that game one win. He's been tremendous for this team since he came over from Portland at the trade deadline. The heart of the New York Knicks, no pun intended there. Very good news there as they try to take a 2-0 series lead over the Cavaliers. All right, we're going to get to more on both of those games in just a minute, but we need to, to get to Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors because I got to say, three of us, and Shanae all sat up here yesterday and we said, yeah, the Warriors are going to even the series. And we were so, so very wrong. Let's take it to the game, show you what happened, because the Kings said, not so fast. We are not just here as a sweet story. The atmosphere, once again electric. Steph Curry, a little vibe check. Is it still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is, because it looked like this, Richard. Oh, it was live there. When I try and tell people about 
You know, if, if you were able to play in Sacramento in the early 2000s, this is what their crowd is. Mm. This is what their crowd has always been. They just haven't had a product in 16 years to do this for. They got a brand new arena. They got a young, exciting crowd, and these young boys are delivering. Well, from the get-go, it seemed like just a different feel even from game one. Intense nonetheless, but the Warriors turnover after turnover early on. It was it was tough to watch. Look, you know, J.J. Reddick said it on first take. They have such a small room for error. And when you add 20 turnovers and not great shooting and not great, great bench depth, it starts to become a problem. Well, and then this was starting to become a problem. This is the first time that we see Draymond and Sabonis get tangled up a little bit here. A foul here on Draymond Green. He disagreed with it. That would end up being a precursor to what was to come. Well, and, and make no mistake, that was reviewed, and it wasn't a foul. They were saying Draymond's momentum took him here. Now, what happened there, though, that's what got everybody talking and buzzing. Let's take one more look at that, because as Steph secures the rebound, it looks like Sabonis is holding on to Draymond's leg, but then Draymond, as he's coming back, is it a step? Is it a stomp? That is what everyone is debating today. Nonetheless, Draymond Green, as it's being reviewed, egging on the crowd, I can't hear you, chatting with the crowd, jumping on a chair, going back and forth. He would end up being ejected from this game, and it went downhill from there for Golden State. Well, yeah, and that was the thing. Right at that moment, that was the part. When we know that the antics between Draymond and other players, they can get going, Draymond lost this battle. Now, hopefully, this can fire up his team for the first two home, their first two home games, but they lost this battle in Sacramento. He needed to be on the floor to try and even out the series. And let's not just pretend the Warriors gave this up. The Kings won it soundly. They yes, get they the win 114-106. Light the beam, baby. So when Draymond was ejected with 7.03 left in the fourth on Monday, that unlocked the Kings offense, right? Sacramento scored 23 of their 31 points after Green was ejected, made 10 of their final 15 shots. And after the game, there was plenty of discussion on this altercation. Let's hear from Draymond Green. My leg got grabbed second time in two nights. Referees just watch it. I got to land my foot somewhere. And I'm not the most flexible person, so it's not stretching that far. So you didn't really see where you were stepping? You just kind of... I, I can only step so far and pulling my leg away. What are you going to do when someone grabs your foot when you're running full speed? Like, that's a dirty... I just fully grabs your foot and yanks on you. That's not cool, man. I'm not saying... What Draymond did was right, but, like, can't just grab somebody's foot when they're taking off in a full sprint. That's not, that's not cool. I love the competition. I love the playoffs. You know, the challenge I'm taking on the Warriors. Um, you know, I got hit earlier in, in, in the game in the jaw there. So when I fell, you know, I was kind of protecting myself. And then, obviously, the incident happened. And I feel like um, there's, no, there's no room for that in our game today. All right, Jalen, we've heard from both sides. What, what's your takeaway? The, the Golden State Warriors are in trouble. You see, if you're Draymond Green, for every action, grab your leg. There's a reaction, how you respond to it. So maybe if he would have kicked him or snatched his leg away and hit the back of his heel against his chin, he doesn't get ejected. But when you step on his chest, it wasn't Christian Leitner against Kentucky in the early 90s. Hmm. But still, when it happens in today's game, you're going to get ejected from the game. And you just put the results up there. They were 10 of 15 from the floor and shot 67% without the former defensive player of the year anchoring their defense. Now their charge is to win four of the next five. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that. So that's my takeaway. 
He helped put himself in position to get ejected, which now means the Warriors are going to get ejected from this series in the first round. And, and look, if we're going to talk about just this incident, mm-hmm. I like what Sabonis said in his interview going off the court. It's like, hey, look, we're battling. Things happen. Keep it pushing. But when you start doing this whole, I got to go get x-rays. Now Draymond's getting x-rays on his ankle. And this is the back and forth. My thing about this, what Sabonis did was wrong. You don't do that. Anybody that has a basketball opinion, you don't see people grabbing someone's leg. I would have kicked him. I don't know if I would have stomped on him, but I got to get going. This is the postseason. And so, look, Sabonis knew what he was doing, and that's where I say Draymond lost the petty battle here because they both did something petty. Draymond exceeded what, what Sabonis did. Draymond's, Draymond's out the game, yeah. and now all of a sudden the Kings can run. Correct. So if I'm Sabonis, I do that 100 times Correct. out of 100. Stay in the game. Kick me in my chest. You get out the game. 100 times out of 100. Mm. But I don't think any suspensions. I don't think any of that. Sabonis needs to own up to what he did. Not saying that he protected himself. And Draymond, Draymond. Well, he deserved his technical. Sabonis did get get a technical. technical To your point, Draymond did lose the battle by actually getting ejected from the game. Yeah, I think this has been legislated completely correctly. Sabonis got a technical. Draymond escalated. Like, you don't need to stomp and then do the Super Mario Brothers jump (laughs) off of Sabonis' torso, and he got ejected. Let's leave it there. Nobody needs to get suspended. But to your point, this is a Golden State Warriors. These are the defending NBA champions. This is a big, big deal that they're down 2-0. And remember how this season started. It started with Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole Mm. in practice. Is it going to end with Draymond Green stomping on DeMontis Sabonis. And at what point are the Warriors just, they just have to deal with this all the time. And there's a certain emotional fatigue that sets in. And they can't have that because their backs are against the wall. The series doesn't start until the road team wins the game. We know the Warriors stink on the road. They're amazing at home. They got to win these next two games against a team that is confident and coming for their throats. They're going to have to dig in and be unified and be on point. They can't have any distractions. The Kings will not let them get away with having distractions. They need to win these next two games. It's going to be tough. Well, because as good as the Warriors are at home, the Kings are actually by a very, very small margin even better on the road than they are at home. But, but Zach, you used the word unified. Woj, will they be unified? Will they have everyone? What are your expectations here in terms of a suspension for Draymond Green? Well, they are evaluating uh, this for a possible suspension. The league's going to do that with really any incident like this. But I think the t- things that, that everyone has said here, that the Warriors have in their favor to not have a suspension. One, uh, Draymond Green was uh, ejected down four with seven minutes to go in a playoff game. That was a significant price to pay. And that Sabonis did reach, reach up, grab his foot. He played a part in this. I think it's unlikely that there's a suspension here, but the league has yet to rule on it. Okay, so we will wait and see for now. But here's the thing. The Warriors being down two games to none, it's new for them. They've never been in this boat before, and it's a a place that very, very few defending champions have ever been. Golden State is the fifth defending champ to fall behind 2-0 in the first round. Each of the previous four, they went on to lose, and three of them getting swept. So let's take a listen to the Warriors on this. Every game we win in a situation like this, uh, it's going to get harder. Every loss, in my opinion, is going to make them that much more desperate, where it's like a wounded animal. That wound is just getting bigger and bigger, and when that happens, we know and they know they're going to have to crank it up a notch and fight even harder. So, uh, you know, it's going to get tougher for us. I think the confidence that we have is even 
maybe delusions to sounds it's like we we continue to make the same mistakes um but still compete at a high level and we know we have it we know we're capable it's just can we can we execute you guys have been down three one a couple of times you've been through just about everything but you haven't been 0-2 in the series uh going home that's exciting right <laughs> i was gonna ask you what you thought about <laughs> a new challenge and we've conquered all the rest of them so why not go conquer this one be a lot of fun a lot of fun. All right, Janae Gumake. Draymond Green says he's excited. He says it's going to be a lot of fun. But how can the Warriors actually get this done? He loves to play villain. Like, this is where he thrives. The Warriors, they are down two games. And a big reason why is their defense. We all know that the Warriors, they're really potent when it comes to at home. But if you look at these splits, they have struggled on the road. Third worst defense in the NBA on the road. And the splits are crazy. They have the third best defense, though, when they are at home. Mm. And they have the best defense in the NBA when Andrew Andrew Wiggins is playing at home. Imagine that. That's wild. Third worst to third best. Yeah, that's a to crazy best split. in the NBA crazy when Wiggins split. suits up. So I'll show you exactly what this looks like on the floor. Let's get it. Producer Jaron, baby. I miss Kwaku, but it's all good. Um, all right, here in transition, it's hard to get a stop. But here, you see Andrew Wiggins is sort of in no man's land. And this is clutch time, right? Down two, or down three, two minutes left, and they leave this wide open shot for De'Aaron Fox. 23 feet in transition because you couldn't get a body on each guy, and that's a layup for him. This is the guy that led the NBA in clutch time scoring, gives you eight points in the fourth quarter in clutch time. Now let's see what it looks like at Chase Center at home. They're set up on defense. You've got to love this right here. This is signature textbook Warriors basketball, strength in numbers. You don't need to send a double because Draymond can hold it down versus Sabonis, but watch this. The good read happens, help defenses there. Look how engaged Steph Curry is like he's up in the air doing the splits trying to get a deflection on the ball help defense is available there's a pick and roll you force a really tough off balance shot but this is why this is important when they play defense like that they get offense like this so once they're able to be at home when they're able to set up their defense they have a different type of confidence in that situation they'll be able to you know work their way back in the series but they have dug themselves into yeah. a pretty big hole this is an unprecedented situation for them so listen to coach Schnee and we'll see if they can get it done but they're not the only team right that's looking Correct. to make a little bit of a bounce back here. I mean, how on earth are the Nets going to change their strategy against Joel Embiid? We are going to discuss our players. They are here. They are prepared to get on the court and offer up some advice. Plus, Kawhi versus KD. We get round two, so get your popcorn ready. Big Perk, Richard Jefferson, Jalen Rose. They preview what we can expect and who's going to win. Plus, Triple J, officially your newly minted Defensive Player of the Year. He just so happens to be joining this show shortly. Don't go anywhere. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. Rooted in communities big and small. It's time for putting in work presented to you by Upwork, and it is Joel Embiid and the 76ers that have been putting in work against the Brooklyn Nets. They took a 2-0 series lead last night, and here is how, Richard. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, the uh, the 76ers recognized that they were going to get double teams, and Joel Embiid, we know James Harden is a, a point guard. He's a quarterback. Well, this turns your center into a point guard, into a quarterback. They've got to make these shots. they got to move around, but there's triggers. There's triggers that you're going to see and everybody knows based off of who you're in the game with who you're playing with again watch this other pick they were going to go pick and roll but they knew that they were double teaming here every time he double teams it now you got to make the decision pj tucker could shoot it drops it down into the dunker swings it out into uh into maxine and gets a three you can double team him all you want he's going to get the shots that he's going to get the shots for his teammates and that's the tough part about a high-level player of this caliber. When they're selfless, when they move the ball, everyone eats. So now the question is, what is the answer for the 76ers? Well, we really saw this in the second half. They were a little stagnant at first. But then look at the attention, Shanae, that Joel Embiid commands opening things up first. I mean, how rare is it that we see doubles happening near the three-point line? But also, you have to commend the supporting cast. One, it takes a level of trust to be able to dish it out and not expect it back. But then how have supporting cast that can hoop. I mean, like Richard said, everybody eats. Everybody <laughs> eats. And then when you don't double, he's at the free throw line go, going against Royce O'Neal, who's got, you know, again, you want to put him on the perimeter. Maybe he's got a guy that can, you can move what? him, force him in a tough shot. What? That's who he is. The Sixers get the win. Here's Joel Embiid after the game. Playoffs, you got to do whatever it takes. Uh, I'm double, I'm triple team. Um, you know, if I want to, I could get a shot. Is it going to be a good shot? You know, probably. Uh, for me, I think so, but probably not, uh, you know, most of the time. Uh, so, just got to trust it and keep making the right plays. Uh, like I said in the first half, we were pretty cold, but I knew that at some point uh, they were going to knock down shots. We're a better team than the way we played in the first half. Uh, but this is what playoffs are about. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna test your trust at times, and so that was an early test for us, and, and we came through it. So the 76ers offense, it was able to burn the Nets when they tried to double-team Joel Embiid in games one and game two here. Embiid has doubled 49 times across the first two games, and Philly has taken advantage of them to turn that into 61 points on 54% shooting. So my question to you, Richard Jefferson, what a what can the Brooklyn Nets do? Well, there's not a whole lot because you see something in game one, you see something in game two. Now, this is the thing. Joel Embiid, we know he can work from the blocks. We know he can work from the free throw line. That's what it is. So when he's at the free throw line, and part of the reason why they put him here is so that he has the entire court to work with. If you double team from the left, then all of a sudden the defense is shaded that way. If you double team him from the right, putting him on the block makes it an easier rotation for the defense. Correct. That's why the Philadelphia 76ers put him at the free throw line. Now he sees the whole floor, and that's problematic, especially if you have a big that can play here. So when you come and you got a guy here, now you want to send him. Now the defense is going to come. Chanae, come here. You're the defense. Chanae's going to come. Now, you've got 
Stay there. There's two people here. Now you've got one person trying to split the difference, right? And if you're a good, if you're a good screener, you screen right here, right there. PJ Tucker screened in, and now you got a shot because now you're forced to play two on one with everybody pretty much below the free throw line extended. That becomes next to impossible to guard Joel Embiid. And then when you leave him one on one, we saw he's big enough. He's got the skill. He can go to work. If you do anything and come, you got a man at the dunker that's being guarded. No one leaving the shooter over there because they're one-on-one. -on -one. So it becomes exponentially harder. There is no right answer for guarding Joel Embiid, especially when he passes the ball the way he does, when they position him on the free throw line. That's why you're seeing him at that free throw line so he can see the entire floor over the course of a double team. And one point I want to make is you make Philly play faster. True. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is instead of even having to get into the pick and roll, you don't even have to do that. You can yeah. just throw it to Joel. They're going to double team, and that becomes your action. Yes, you don't that. even have to even worry about running a play. And it speeds up the process of the game because it's boom, boom. Correct. Guys don't have to move. You saw one where Tobias Harris cut along the baseline. Maxi cut along the baseline. You want to cut underneath the defense because the defense has two on one. So what do you do if you're the Brooklyn Nets? You, you want to try to send the double, but clearly you're burned. What's next? The Nets that's have learned. That's, a, that's why we pray. No, but make, make no mistake. That's the, what makes Ooh. him special. Right. That's what makes Jokic special. That's what makes Embiid special. That's what makes LeBron. When you try and double team them, there are no right answers. Well, and that's the Brooklyn Nets have learned that the hard way because the 76ers are 6-0 against them in this season. It's all right. Well, We'll try to, you know, edit it out for the reader. And good luck, Brooklyn. Still to come on NBA Today. Guess who's joining us, my friend? Give one more shot. The newly Triple minted K. defensive player of oh. the year. Oh, we didn't have Jared Jackson to guard that shot Check there. Check that, big fella. He's joining us next. Stay tuned. Back, you are Jared. you. Horace, that was the best you've ever played. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let's do it. Let's yeah, just yeah, do yeah. it. Let's not take okay. away from right. the moment. All right. All right. The winner of the Kia NBA Defensive Player of the Year is... Jaron Jackson Jr. Ooh. of the Memphis Grizzlies. Well deserved. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for the support. Uh, we got one home to the M, another DPOY trophy. I feel great. 
come out to game two, get loud. That's really what I care about. So everybody lock in. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the second youngest player to win the Defensive Player of the Year award, trailing just Dwight Howard. It's also the second time a Grizzlies player has won the award. He joins Mark Gasol in 2013. And we are so lucky because joining us now is the newly named 2023 Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron, congratulations. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on NBA Today. For sure, you know I owed you one. You know I had to, uh, this is perfect time to come on the show. Hey, know? my friend, I, I, I wasn't gonna say it, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that we have you here uh, because we saw the video, right, with your mom, Terry, which was just, it was such a sweet moment. So walk us through it, finding out how you celebrated, we see the balloons, all of that. Well, you know, the I didn't know at first, so the balloons come and you still don't know. So you just, you hope for the best. And uh, she had confetti. She had pretty much everything ready to to get excited. And um, I just wanted to to see the results and take a nap for real. I just was <laughs> trying to chill. And uh, you know, I let her have her great moment. So it, it was just a it was a nice thing. I'll, I'll never forget it. To be honest, um, I know it looked cool on camera too. <laughs> Yeah, it did. No one wants sad balloons. Happy balloons are much, much better. So you are electric on the court, right? But what, what's better for you? Is it a game-winning block or is it a dunk? Ooh. Uh, I mean, in the spirit of what we're doing, I, I'll say a block just because, <laughs> okay. you know, it can demoralize the other team. Uh, you know, it, 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 if especially if it's on a star player, you know, they definitely can get out of their rhythm a little bit. Uh, it's just something that leads to a break, you know, if it's not game winning, I can keep it in bounds. We can get a fast break and then maybe jaw dunk it on mm. that end. So it, it all leads to a bunch of stuff. We can get a lot of highlights off it. We've seen LeBron James have some pretty prolific dunks in his career, and we've had seen him have some pretty incredible blocks as well. Is that something that maybe we could see in this series? Is, is a block on him leading to that fast break that you're talking about? Yeah, that's the goal. Um, Got to make it uncomfortable for him. Mm. Uh, he scores in a lot of ways, but yeah, you know, if we get a block on him, we can get out and run and dunk on anybody. Defense is such an important part of what you all do as a team. And we heard a really interesting breakdown the other day from De'Aaron Fox, just on the effort, the exhaustion, what it takes to guard Steph Curry. And obviously they're very, very different players, but you do have the task of guarding Anthony Davis in a seven-game series. Can you just take us inside of that challenge, break down your mindset, what it takes, what you're thinking, what's tough about it every possession of the game? Yeah, I mean, you're never going to shut down somebody completely like him. Uh, he's he's going to score. So I think it's just about wearing on him, you know, making it harder for him over the course of a series, over the course of a game, uh, making him take shots he, he doesn't just love. You know, maybe he takes some shots he's a little less comfortable with. Maybe he's out of position, you know, be physical with him. There's a lot of things you can do. Uh, you just gotta you gotta do your work early, man. You gotta do your work with with somebody who's one of the has been one of the best scorers for a long time. And yeah, just it's I can't really put you there because mm. there's no way to really put you there. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it because on the offense end, you got to be able to make them work there too. It's it's a whole thing, but I'll say that for the breakdown of our of our little pregame.
You're saying I can't do it. You're, you can't put me in those shoes because I, I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't think I have a necessarily stand a chance of doing that. I know Zach Lowe has some some questions for you. What's up, Jaron? Zach Lowe. I voted for you. Just want to warm you up. I voted for you. Uh, but I thought your offensive development this year was almost a bigger story for you and the Grizzlies mm. than your defense. We all knew what you could do on defense. And in game one, you went right at LeBron in the post over and over again. I wonder, when did you know that was going to be a big part of the game plan? And are you confident you can keep going at whether it's him or Davis and getting points, especially if Ja is out? Yeah, you got to be aggressive. Um, my teammates are finding me in all my spots that I want. I got to just be able to read the defense. They're throwing a lot of different coverages at me. They're throwing a lot of different players at me. I mean, it's not really going to matter. As long as I get to the certain spots on the floor, that's really what's going to matter. But you just got to be aggressive. You can't, can't shy away from the moments. The playoffs worked all year for this. You know, we played all these games. Now it's time to really put it together. So I appreciate you for, you know, noticing the growth here and there. But... I think it's just about putting it together now. Now is when it matters for real. Jaron, I, I do have to ask you about, we know Joel Embiid, he loves a little bit of trash talk. But after yesterday's game, here's what he had to say. So, like I said, then uh, I had, what, three blocks? Uh, only three blocks? Uh, I, mean, I, need, I probably need a Memphis goalkeeper uh, in Philly. <laughs> What was it, Denver, Memphis, whatever it was? I, th I thought I had more. Your reaction? <laughs> uh, I mean, I thought it was funny. I know he's on his phone uh, reading a bunch of stuff. I remember that story. Um, I mean, we didn't need him when I got the block at home or on the road. So I, I, I know we didn't need him then. Uh, but, I mean, I love home games. And... I don't think we could give up our scorekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's neither here nor there. At the end of the day, you are the defensive player of the year. It's been so impressive to watch your growth year over year. We can congratulate you all that we want, but I think there's someone that's a little bit more special that, that wants to weigh in here. Your mama wanted to come back on NBA Today and just let you know oh what, what it was like for her to watch you. Terry? Extra love that you gave me. Surprise, darling. Love you lots. You know I am so proud of you. And you know I love surprises. And when the show said I could come on, well, I wasn't going to turn them down this time. We are so proud of you. You are the blockbuster. You are the unicorn. And you haven't seen <laughs> Yet. You haven't seen this yet, but when you get home, so by the way, I love this family. Terry, you know I love you. She is our fabulous, sensational executive director of the WMBPA. She is like, literally feels like another mom to me. Uh, Jaren, I'm going to ask you, you come from a basketball family. What does it mean to you to share in this award, have such an amazing season with the support of your parents? I mean, this is a basketball family. Uh, bringing this home to my family is, is huge. You know, definitely when I was born, my dad probably always thought, you know, I'm going to do what I want, but hopefully this kid plays in the NBA and I've been able to <laughs> achieve a bunch of things while I'm here. And uh, same with my mom. I mean, it, how, how much more basketball can it get at this point? <laughs> uh, it's crazy. And this is on brand for her to pop up like this. I'm not shocked. <laughs> well, but 
you know. This is on brand, when, for sure. When she said she had more balloons, how could we possibly <laughs> say no to more balloons? Jaron, congratulations. I, I know. know we're all so very congratulations, proud. Congratulations, nephew. Yeah. This well is, deserved. This is awesome. So congratulations sure. to you, your whole family. Really appreciate both of you making the time, and we will see what happens in game two. Go this to work in to game two. Let's go. Got you. <laughs> oh, blow. DraftKings, they teamed my, my. up with hip-hop legends Rick Ross, Fat Joe, and Rose to create an anthem for hoops culture. The record, it's called The Game, and it's everything around the game that we love, both on and off the court. So here it is from DraftKings. L-O-X, D-Block. Guns down three on the break here in game one. But whatever's needed of me to win the game, I'll do it. Blocked by Westbrook, and he throws it off of Booker! Wow! What a defensive play by Westbrook. You know, you might have, not have your best night shooting, but you got to impact the game uh, some type of way. Those three threes they hit late in the fourth was huge. I think it was a pretty even game until then. Pretty even game all the way around. The Clippers get game one. This is going to be a fun series. It's that time of year. You know, if you're not up and ready for these, and you know, you're playing the wrong sport. You're watching NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Welcome back. I mean, if game two is anything like game one of Clipper Suns, we are all in for a real treat tonight. Still, it's a long way to go, but we had one person who's on this show who said, you know what? I'm going to pick the Clippers to win this series. And that one person is the one, the only Kendrick Perkins. And Perk, this blew my mind when I saw this. Kevin Durant's teams have lost in seven straight playoff games. So for you here, what do the Suns need to do to even this series? Well, the first thing is they big fella actually have to play big. And that's mm. be a big first with guard skills. And I'm talking about DeAndre Ayton. When it comes down to when you look at what Big Zubop and uh, Plumley did in the interior, they wore him out. And I don't want to see the little pick and pops or the little mid-range shots. No, I want to see enforceful blocks. I want to see monster rebounds. I want to see getting down in the mud and getting dirty. If they have any opportunity of winning this game or this series, DeAndre Ayton is going to have to elevate his game. Now, Malika. Mm. For the last two weeks, I've been going to church, starting on Easter Sunday, right? Pastor Keon Henderson and First Lady Shani Henderson at, Light, at Lighthouse, and it's been great, okay? I would encourage anybody who's in Houston to actually go to the church. And sometimes when you're up in the congregation, you feel like that your pastor is actually talking to you. Hmm. And this message that Pastor Keon said, I felt like he was talking to me. He said... You need to run to the devil. And I said, well, what that mean? I thought we supposed to run away from the devil. He's like, no, you need to run to the devil. Meaning, at some point, you're going to have to face a devil or adversity in your life that you're going to have to overcome or get through anyway. You might as well face it first. So translate this into basketball into the Phoenix Suns. When I look at them and the word adversity pops to mind, I think about this past season, how we had Monty Williams and Devin Booker and CP3 crying and whining about fouls. Now take it to game one. Russell Westbrook and Devin Booker were left on the island. Russell Westbrook got a great stop. Not only did he get the block, but he also threw the ball off of Devin Booker, who was, by the way, complaining to the official about a non-call, and got the ball back, which was a key possession. 
So when I look at the Phoenix Suns, that 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 type of uh, communication needs to be in the locker room. We have to play through adversity. In order to win the championship, you're going to have to go through obstacles. Maybe that's the officials not getting calls. So when I look at the Suns, is one, DeAndre Ayton, Two, they have to learn to get through adversity. We have poetry perk, we have producer perk, and now we have preacher perk. Thank you so much, Kendrick Perkins, yeah, for that yeah. sermon. All right, no so Phoenix, right? Ty Lue, Monty Williams, they're considered two of the top coaches in the league. I really don't know where Pastor to go. Pastor Perkins. Yeah, Pastor Perkins is coming through. I really don't know where to go from there. So we're just going to pass the collection plate over to this, all right? Monty Williams and Ty Lue, considered some of the two at the best of making adjustments right in the game. So I'm curious what you both see here. I want Shanae, you to take the Clippers. Zach, you to go first here and take the Suns on what sort of adjustments you're expecting. Well, there, there's a bunch, and they they got to see what the Clippers have coming for them because the Clippers threw some curveballs in the first game. But I want to start with this guy up here, Kevin Durant, hmm. who was not involved enough in the crunch time offense. He was involved a lot during the game. He actually ran 25 pick and rolls during this game, which is the most he's run as a son and the second most he's run all season for any team. That's our sons. That's that's there it is right there for you to see. But at the end of the game, he was in decoy mode mm. a lot while Chris Paul ran the offense. And I thought the biggest story of the game that we haven't really talked about much is that Chris Paul was two of eight in this game. And the Suns are just not deep enough to be able to withstand that. And there's KD in the right corner. He's got Kawhi on him. And I think that was a factor in them running the offense away from him, trying to get Kawhi out of the play because Kawhi is that fearsome. But this is Kevin freaking Durant. I understand that Kawhi's on him. Chris Paul's the point guard. You didn't get Kevin Durant to do this. Have him set a screen. Have him take a cross screen, see if they switch a different defender on. Do something because Chris wasn't making enough shots and he wasn't involved enough. And we'll see what happens in game two. And let's talk about the Clippers for a second because their bench has been one of the most consistent factors for them, one of their best strengths. And if you look at this, they outscored the Suns bench by 24. I think it was like 37 to 14. I don't know the math. Sorry, I was an international relations major. <laughs> but close enough. Watch right here. Norm Powell, stop laughing at me, Arizona. Able to get a bucket in a tough situation. Again, third most bench points in the NBA during the regular season. In transition, Terrence Mann just Team goes man. coast to coast. When you are down, a superstar like the Clippers tend to be, whether it's Paul George or yep. Kawhi Leonard, when you have that consistent bench, they're ready. Eric Gordon has a, been a huge addition, and I can say that as someone who has followed the Houston Rockets. I'm happy to see him thriving and being in a place Gordon where he can always with the Rockets. I should have known to. that that was coming. Can I give you guys an additional layer to all of this tonight? Yes. The Twitterverse, I know they're going to be talking about this, but take oh. a look at what's over your shoulder, my friend. Scott can I Foster. Not, can I not look? Oh, yeah, no. you can not look. He is the, the crew chief for tonight's game. And Chris Paul's teams, they have lost the last 13 games in the playoffs. He's 2-17 and 17 overall in the postseason in those games. So just another wrinkle for your consideration. Still to come <laughs> here on NBA Today, we have more on the Memphis star, Ja Morant. Expectations for him in game two of their first round series against the Los Angeles Lakers. Don't go anywhere. We have some news you're going to want to hear. Julius Randle with a spectacular half. And Mitchell switches home a three. Ain't got no time for no break. I had to do it my way. 
Brunson driving, floater, good off glass for Brunson, 27. Nothing to think about, I'm gonna be great. Most of you don't want to do what it takes. Hoist a jumper, it's off the mark. Randall got the offensive rebound. And the New York Knicks take game one. To be honest with you, our only game plan today was just win, whatever it took. All right, everybody, the Cavaliers, they look to even things up before the, sh- the series ships back to the Garden for game three. Yes, Rich? I ain't say nothing. <clears throat> Good. Uh, what do you have your eyes on in this game? Remember, our Adrian Wojnarowski reported earlier on this show that Josh Hart is expected to be available after being doubtful as recently as last night. Well, it's the physicality. I, I think the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially when you look at their, their front court, they're very skilled. Mobley, Jared Allen, very skilled. Mitchell and Randall, those boys are some dogs. Those boys want to fight. They want it to get ugly. That's what they're into. Now, look, when you break down this game, neither team shot particularly well from three. Both teams, 22-21 free throws. The biggest difference was rebounding. The biggest difference to me is 51 to 38 rebounding. Hmm. 17 offensive rebounds to 11. And that's just grit. That's toughness. I said at the beginning of the series and all my Cavs people were like, what? You think the Knicks have a chance to win? I was like, yes, I think the Knicks have a chance to win because in the postseason, it's about who's more physical. And you might be able to offset physicality when you look at the Golden State Warriors and their success if you shoot the ball well. Well, the Cavs are not a great three-point shooting team, so they can't offset that physicality. So if, if Mobley and Jared Allen don't win that rebounding battle and they don't fight back, then it's going to be a long, long series or a short series for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Before before acquiring Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland and Jared Allen were all stars. You now add Donovan Mitchell, who's teetering on superstar status. But the elephant in the room is Evan Mobley. Right. Like, the reason I picked the Cavs is because I thought Evan Mobley was going to give me some productivity. Mm -hmm. Eight points ain't going to be enough. Missed assignments on defense, not going to get it done. Giving up a late offensive rebound, a hustle play, is not what I anticipated. So Evan Mobley in particular has to play up to his talent, Malika, because he has all-star level talent. But he ain't show up from a physical standpoint in game one. Mm. And to your point, the Knicks took full advantage. And you're so right, Jalen. What comes to my mind is the image that's been replaying over and over, right? When the missed free throw and Julius Randle is just able to body him yeah. out of the way. That's the one that we've been seeing over and over. And you have to match that, especially right. because Evan Mobley is someone who we've talked about as being a huge bright spot in this league. To me, it's the Cavs offense and Evan Mobley is part of that. The Knicks said, all right, we're scrunching the paint and we're going to trap Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. We're going to force you to make contested shots in the paint. That's Evan Mobley and Jared Allen or tic-tac-toe passing sequences. And we're going to force everybody else that's not named Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell to make threes because we don't think you can make them. So we're going to ignore all of those guys. Some of those guys are going to have to make shots. And then it's on the Cavs coaches to vary up the playbook a little bit because if you run the same high pick and roll at the Knicks over and over again, they're just going to strangle it and force the ball where they want it to go. Garland got to shoot more. He he got to shoot more. Mm. Donovan scored 30-plus, but he took 30 shots. Are they going to even up the series? I believe so. I yeah. Mean, the Cavs Come on. Up the series. Sure. Sure, why not? Why not? I think yes. Cavs and seven Long slide better series. pick up the win tonight. We're going to return in 60 seconds because Big Perk, he has some final thoughts that you're going to want to hear on Draymond and DeMontis' dust-up from last night. Don't go anywhere. More right. NBA Today. Do I have to stay around yes. for his final thoughts? Yes, oh, yes please. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. Rooted in communities big and small.
Sabonis writhing in pain. So he grabs Draymond's leg right there. Now Draymond steps on him. My leg got grabbed. I got to land my foot somewhere. That brought us together. We huddled up and we're like, yo, we have to win this game. Here's Fox. Oh, yeah! And suddenly they can't miss. They have waited so long for moments like this. We're not accustomed to hitting the panic button. We know what it's like to deal with the bad pressure and outside noise. It's nothing new. We can go home and protect home court and give ourselves another opportunity to win here. All right, it's been the question that has been asked all day long, and now we get to ask it to Kendrick Perkins. Was it a stomp? Was it a step? Do you expect a suspension? What do you make of this, Perk? Well, it was a leapfrog. He leapfrogged off of uh, Sabonis. But, you know, Sabonis was the instigator, and Draymond was the retaliator. Danny Ainge always say, be the instigator, and things like this happen. I actually don't want Draymond to get suspended. I actually want Draymond available because I want zero excuses when the Kings send the Warriors home. I don't want to hear about a game three suspension. I don't want to hear that. But here's the thing, too. Mike Brown has been coaching circles around Steve Kerr. We thought that the Warriors were going to make adjustments last night. It was the Kings that actually made adjustments last night. 21 deflections, Mm. getting in the passing lane, not afraid of embarrassment, knowing the assignment, taking charges, getting out on the break. Harrison Barnes dunking on Klay Thompson not once but twice because of a Davion great switch. I'm looking and I'm watching the weak side of this Kings team load up in the paint and take away those slips to the basket and recover out to the three-point line and getting steals. That comes from studying in the film room. That comes from preparation. And right now, Mike Brown is doing this thing and showing why he's coach of the year. Well, we had the adjustment of seeing Andrew Wiggins into the starting lineup, and we didn't see a whole lot else from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, If the Warriors were able to win the series, or if the Kings win the series, might they see the Memphis Grizzlies on the other side of that, or the Los Angeles Lakers? We continue to follow a developing story. Ja Morant, you can see him there at practice, getting that hand that he hurt in game one, wasn't able to return, wrapped up. And head coach Taylor Jenkins, he spoke about Morant earlier today. MRI yesterday definitely showed a re-aggravation of his hand injury that he had in the Milwaukee game, uh, you know, dealing with some pain, some soreness. Uh, symptoms are slightly improving uh, from the other night. Uh, he's going to be a game-time decision. He's going to come in, get working in the morning, test it out, see how he's feeling. He's progressing to dribbling and shooting as much as he can. You know, as I say, he's got some pain he's dealing with, so it's kind of a tolerance thing. Um, but, you know, he's got some stiffness in his hand that he's kind of slowly getting through, but we'll see how he wakes up tomorrow. Jalen, final thoughts on this. I've had a fractured wrist before. And fortunately for him, he doesn't have that. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if at some point he has the ability to come back. Now, the thing about it, however, is getting it swatted by the defense, Mm. protecting yourself when you fall, and then dunking Dunking. with it again and being able to shoot with it. So I'm rooting for the best. That's a long list. I know. I'm rooting for the best. A lot of basketball stuff. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Especially with the way that John Morant plays. He has to be able to fly like all of that. Guess who's joining us tomorrow on NBA Today? My God. Kevin Hart is stopping by. You want to change your flight? Let's bring the boosters together. Don't miss tomorrow's show. Use the Hashtag NBA Today to let us know what you think. See you, Richard. Kevin's must see TV. He's optional. People from around the world have been praying for Damar Hamlin. 
Today we celebrate DeMar's recovery, our love for DeMar, and our gratitude. Just a lot of feeling of uncertainty of, you know, what it was going to feel like to go back out there, but obviously the first kickoff, and you couldn't have scripted any better. He's got an alley down the right sideline. Touchdown, nine! 